Hello and welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto, the podcast for all things cryptocurrency, whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious. I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and today we are bringing the people what they want. We asked, we listened, and we know that so many of you want to know more about technical analysis and in particular day trading. So we have the man behind the mic here with us today, Pav Hundle. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alicia. Good to be here. So good. So good to have you on a uh, another episode and not just our regular crypto catch-ups, giving us a bit more of your worldly knowledge and insights. Yeah, happy to be here. I mean, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> so good. Now, we know the question we always ask everyone is what was their first purchase? We know yours. So what's been your latest crypto purchase? Latest? Good one. Uh, Solana, actually. I've been doing a bit of dollar cost averaging. Bought a bit of it actually this morning. Yeah. There, you, there you go. Yes. Good time. Interesting time to be buying as we're recording. We've seen like a pretty good week last week and a, a bit of a bounce this morning, which I think leads perfectly into what we're going to be talking well, about today, which is day trading. Exactly, Alicia. That's my trading strategy. So yeah, <laughs> let's go. So day trading, it is something that's gathered a lot of momentum, especially with how volatile the market's been and, you know, people looking for different ways to make returns than trying to catch the next big altcoin or trying to, to pick the next big thing. So starting from the very top, let's break down what, what does day trading actually mean? How do we categorize that? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So, I mean, Day trading in itself, I mean, it's, it's in the name, right? So you're spending, I guess, a party day or mostly of day trying to leverage the markets for what you'd consider edge or trying to find opportunity. So within, I guess, a market, you know, you're looking at things like technical analysis, fundamental analysis to find opportunistic moments to enter and exit the market. So, yeah, I mean, when you sort of encompass it with day trading, a lot of people are getting in, getting out same day, not necessarily looking to take too much long-term holding. So it's not something I'd say the majority of people do look into. But as you quite rightfully said, especially through, I guess, since COVID and a lot of the rocket sort of volatility we've seen in equities and crypto, not recently, but back then, there was this massive spike in interest in, I guess, day traders getting involved. But I mean, that's it in a nutshell, really. Uh, just spending your day trying to point and shoot, I guess. We'll unpack this a lot today in this conversation. But does it mean that you have to watch the charts all day? Well, that's, yeah, it, it definitely comes down to your strategy. So, I mean, crypto is a bit unique in the sense that it's a 24-7 market. So, I mean, it's a long time to be spending looking and checking out, I guess, what the markets are doing at any given time. But really, I guess what you lean on most in any, I guess, good day trading strategy is entry and exit criteria. So whether that be something you look at manually or you leverage tools like, say, TradingView for alerts and things like that, the, yeah, the answer is yes and no. But I, I would say the same way you'd work quite hard to earn a living in a nine to five job, you'd be probably working twice as hard in a day trading lifestyle, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it, it really does depend. I do think there's that kind of misconception as well. You know, a lot of people thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this. It's going to replace my salary. But it seems from all the conversations that we've had with people that do this full time, it is something that's really quite hard to be able to do with skill. And even the most skilled day traders still sometimes can't pick things exactly. No. And that's that's the thing, like the markets, as much as they are green and red candles, it's basically a bunch of people competing at probably one of the biggest events, you know, that never ends. It, it's a constant space where the people with the edge, I guess, at that time. So, you know, for, for someone to win, someone has to lose. It is what happens at the end of the day. So you're really just starting that day, hoping that 
you're either going to not lose as much, you know, you, you know, at what point you're sort of stepping out, bowing out and, you know, when things are going in your favor, you're really leveraging and taking that to the next level. So before we dive into it, the other thing and the thing that I think we come up against so often is people that challenge whether you can implement these strategies with cryptocurrency. Now, we've unpacked a lot of this when we were going back to technical analysis and having a look at, you know, all the different strategies and charts and patterns that you can see. But let's address it in this episode as well. When you're looking at doing day trading, because of the volatility in the market, and I guess those new players, does it mean that sometimes the best played strategy still won't work? I think you could say on any given day, the best trading strategy may or may not work. Like the crux of it all, it is the, the majority versus the minority, I guess. So at the end of the day, right, if anyone doing technical analysis, you're basically hoping that the person on the other side is drawing the same thing as you. You're both finding key areas where you're interested as a buyer, key areas where you're interested as a seller. At any point where you've got the wrong idea, that's usually when you lose. And the majority that do have the other opinion, they're the ones that stand to benefit the most. So you might take a real simple strategy like buying at what you'd consider support and selling at resistance. So as long as the majority, let's say greater than 50%, are looking at the same levels as support and resistance, your trading strategy, as long as you manage your risk, if you were, that could be a very, very simple but very effective strategy, right? I know that that sounds really (laughs) blasé and really simple, but you know, that compared to someone who might be looking at five or six different indicators waiting for them to all go green before they actually point and shoot, you know, if you're one of very many few people looking for those sets of criteria before you're actually interested in making any trading decisions, you could argue that there's a much lower chance of you being successful. But that's where I guess the nuance of risk and rewards comes into play as well. So, you know, for example, if you win 60% of trades, and for every $1 you bet, you're making 80 cents. Like that's, that's a successful strategy, even though you're not doubling your money every time. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're potentially only winning, let's say one in every 10 trades, but you're making a one to 20 return, and that's a system that you can replicate and reproduce that, sure, that's, that's something maybe market conditions that only, I guess, you're looking for. Um, you know, that's also a successful trading strategy. So you can see like how easy and how complicated you can make this all. And really the measure of success can be quite vast and different. But I think that's why a lot of people are so drawn to it. And I think that success, that measure of success is so important to touch on and touch on super early as well, because, you know, of course, everybody coming into anything will want to win 100% of the time, but it isn't realistic. The best traders don't expect that. And so if they don't expect that and they do this for a living, they're, you know, professionals at this, then how can we expect to do that, especially when you're starting out. So let's talk about like, you know, some best practices, Mm -hmm. must-haves for day trading as a whole. And then we're going to go into Mm -hmm. the different types of strategies you can utilize. Yeah, absolutely. So I think absolute fundamentals, know how much you can, I guess, have as capital. So capital is king. Capital is something you need to preserve. It's basically what's going to prelude how much you're going to put down for every trade. So You can't know how much you can make or lose until you know what you have available, I guess, to put towards something like trading. So, you know, we've talked about this in the past as well. You know, if there's ever an amount that you've put aside into, you know, be it cryptos, be it equities, be it whatever, it's keeping you up at night at the fact that you might lose it. It's probably too much there. So it's for everyone to work out what's within their means to, you know, go down this road. And 
there's nothing wrong with starting with a small amount too, just to sort of test the waters, I guess you could say, to see if if this is something that you could really get see yourself doing and getting into. Once you know, I guess, how much capital you can put down, the next bit is picking a strategy or coming up with some sort of system for entering and exiting. So, you know, that could be technical. The majority of the time it is. So, you know, you're waiting for, let's say, a Bollinger brand, which basically just tracks live market price to either break to the downside or upside before making any buy or sell decisions. You could be waiting on something that you're more interpreting on the chart. So, for example, any price action patterns, so something like a head and shoulders or a wedge or a triangle, something where you can create and understand why you're getting in and why you're getting out. And then from there, you're able to work out your expectancy. So you're able to work out, all right, I can go back on this chart for this whole week that's just passed and I can see it happen this many times. If I had taken that trade, I would have won this many times, lost this many times. And then you can sort of work out, all right, well, I find about 55% of the time I'm right and 45% of the time I'm wrong. So with those two pieces of the puzzle and your overall capital, you can then sort of work out how much you're willing to lose with your stop loss on that piece. So usually you'd look to have anywhere from 1% to 3% of your capital as what you're willing to lose on every trade. So at the same time, you know, we talked at the very start, capital preservation is what you need. So if you don't have any money to trade, you're out, you can't, you can't do it anymore. So you know, one to three percent is a really good good place to start. And what you tend to find where everyone goes wrong is they bet way too big and they're risking anywhere from ten to twenty percent of their account. So, you know, those guys that go down that road, five wrong trades and all your money's gone. So that's going about it the wrong way. So, you know, in that instance, if you do only win fifty five percent of the time and you get four wrong trades in a row, you're not going to be worried because you know that your strategy works fifty five percent of the time and the numbers should even themselves out in the long run. And that's, I guess that's what's key, especially with these day trading strategies. Uh, there will be periods where you get knocked around quite a bit. Um, you might find that everything's not going your way, but the whole idea is your system and strategy is robust enough that you're going to be able to see it rebound and the numbers start to play in your favor eventually. So so that's, in, I guess, in a roundabout way, what I would say is the overall scope for laying the foundations of a good day trading strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I love that as well around like kind of testing. I know for myself and SwiftX has a great platform to be able to use demo mode and, you know, make some pretend trades to see how they go. Like I think really investing some time doing that before you dive in with your capital is such a worthwhile experiment because you don't know what you don't know. And so if you just give it a go and kind of see what happens, like, yes, of course, there might be the times that you you would have made a really great trade and you're not actually benefiting from that. But as well, on the flip side, if you do make some poor decisions or poor judgments, you understand where you can learn where you went wrong. That's right. And, you you know, you might get at that point where you start to look at the system or strategy that you were keen to use and you know through back testing it you find that you find it very very hard to actually replicate and understand when those opportunities are occurring so it might make you re- rethink exactly everything that you've looked at and sort of pivot to something that makes a bit more sense mm. and you mentioned stop losses like i think again just understanding how much commitment this stuff needs because mm. if one of those strategies is something that requires you to be sitting there watching everything, like, you know, yep. that is a big draw on your time. And, you know, what happens if, if life gets in the way? What happens if you get distracted, if your phone rings, if something happens and you don't have those backup safeguards in place? You know, we, we can see things flip on a dime here. So I think it's really important to be aware of that as well. Yeah. And you can totally build that into all of this. So, you know, a real common one is they don't want to be a day trader specifically all day. They just want to come on spend three to four hours a night. And that's that's all you do. You backtest those three or four hours that you're available. 
but you know, you're, you're working within the confines of what your time allows for because you don't want to stretch yourself at the same time. This is something that should be, you know, if it is the core function of, of what you do, like that's great. But, you know, if you're looking just to supplement, spending some time in the markets most nights of the week, you might even find that on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, you're more successful than a Monday or Friday. So, you know, you work that into your back testing and that becomes part of your strategy. Like that is your trading plan. So that's not something, unfortunately, you can really pick up off the shelf. Like you can definitely find systems and trading strategies very, very easily. There's there's hundreds of them out there and not one is specifically better than the rest. Otherwise, everyone would be just doing that one thing and making a ton of money. It is a case of trying to find the sharpest tool in the shed for you. And so, you know, that could be something like a, a moving average crossing over. You know, it could be a full-on trading system like Ichimoku. It could be something like Keltner Channels, RSI. You know, the list goes on and on. Uh, you're trying to find something that sort of suits what your eyes are visually acute to. Uh, and then also something that matches, I guess, you know, the time that you have available to give to the markets. Because it is time and energy at the end of the day. It does take quite a bit of concentration. Mm, but lots of fun as well. If this is what floats your boat, <laughs> if you, this is what you love, it is really, really fun to kind of, you know, immerse yourself in this and learn some different ways, especially, you know, at the moment when you've got a couple of things to do and one of them is educate yourself on the tech or perhaps this side. So what we're going to dive into now is some of the strategies. Now, we've covered technical analysis in so much depth. There's a couple of episodes that we're definitely going to pop in the show notes if you haven't listened to those. But there are some other, I guess, types of strategies that you can implement. Perhaps do you want to share a few of these and at a high level what they are? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of day trading styles that you can look into. Um, obviously, the most common one is scalping. So, you know, you're looking to make very, I guess you could consider high frequency trades on lower time frames. So, you know, that would be suitable, you know, if you just have a bit of your time available, you know, most evenings or you've have one day off in a week. That's something that's quite common. So, you're moving off very small amounts of movements in price. So, you know, if, if something's up to three, four percent, you're usually taking profit, not looking to risk too much exposure and just locking in profits quite consistently. Uh, you're also doing what I would like to call uh, learning how to fail fast. So if you see something that's going against your training system or your strategy, you're cutting your losses nice and early and fast. So you can do that via a stop loss, or you might be just be there, be present to know at what point is your trade setup invalidated. You know, So for example, if you are trading price action patterns and you know that you're in a wedge, if that wedge is you're banking on it to break to the upside, fantastic you know exactly where you're taking profit but if you start to see price break below that wedge you know exactly at what point it's no longer a valid trade for you again so this also forces you to sort of sharpen again your skills and how you go about executing as well so that's a really good way to approach day trading uh range trading is another way you can look at day trading strategies so looking to identify you know a zone that's been respected quite frequently as support and resistance uh, and basically just using that logic to get in and get out so you might find as something drifts below to, I guess it's it's low for the day, it's been rallying as soon as it hits it, and you're just buying that and selling it as soon as it gets to resistance. So, you know, we've got some great articles on support and resistance uh, that we can include in the show notes as well. Like that's usually a pretty easy one to get involved with as well. And really easy note to know at what point the setup is invalidated as well, because you're basically breaking below or above those levels. And that range trading, that'd be something that I guess at the moment would be really, really interesting to play out because I guess so many people, particularly with Bitcoin, are really in tune to those levels of support and resistance. So it should be something that we should see a little bit more ease with those patterns paying off. 
Yeah, you're definitely right. Like usually until we see an increase in volatility, which we have had a little bit more recently, some scalping strategies aren't too great. And this is where you just might need to try a few things for yourself to see what works. But absolutely, in a market where people are constantly looking to take profit as soon as it hits resistance, you know, range trading, you might find is is a period where it's something that's far more successfully for you. And I I think you touched on it quite nicely there. Like it is unfortunate that one thing won't always just work. You kind of have to pivot your strategy to sort of adapt to what's going on in the market at that given time. And that's where you might find another strategy that's out there, arbitrage, uh, come into play. So especially during this period of time now where the markets are quite illiquid and they're not as efficient, I guess you could say, as what they normally are, uh, arbitrage trading is essentially buying an asset at one exchange and selling it at another, just making use of exploiting bid-ask spreads uh, between platforms. So essentially, yeah, that can be leveraged to an advantage at some point in time. Usually less of an opportunity when things get busy, but uh, that's that's just something uh, I guess you can check out as well. And then another way you can look at, I guess, marrying all of this up is you know, looking at news and sentiment. So, you know, you've got things like the fear and greed index. You've got even just Elon Musk tweeting away um, <laughs> as he does. You know, all of these things do sort of affect people's emotions and per- their perceived value in the market at certain given times. So, you know, you might have that all on in the background while you're you know, trading as well. So that might, again, you know, we've had a lot of news about interest rates and FOMC and, you know, a lot of that negative stuff that's driving markets down. So you might know that when that's coming, you're stepping away from everything. But then when you see a good old-fashioned Shiba Inu meme coming up from Mr. Musk, it might make you want to get in some exposure on that asset too. So it's all part of it. I'm sure there's a strategy out there that's based on tweets alone. I, I, I bet someone's done Definitely. it. Definitely. And I think uh, that one, that's like a really fun, but like personally for me, I think that's a really fun one to play around with because you can, in the world of cryptocurrency, have access to so much information. Like you do have to be mindful here. You might think something is going to go off that the media outlets are going to pick it up and it just falls flat and it doesn't. So again, there is that risk associated with it. But even in terms of traditional markets, you always know those dates. And we, we talk about them in crypto catch-ups. There's those key dates that are impacting yep. the crypto market as well. But in traditional markets, there's key dates that are happening. There's announcements that's come out. And we know what time in traditional markets those announcements come out. And if you're in tune to that, and I guess, you know, in a way subscribed to those, then you can get that front foot and you can sort of use that that sentiment to be able to make these trades. And again, in crypto, if you're part of a Discord for a particular project and you get early access to some information, um, that that sounds as, as I'm saying it. That sounds like insider trading, but it's it's not. It's just you know being at a different source of information. So if you yep. get access to that first, of course, there's again a risk that that won't play the way that you're thinking. But it just gives you a unique time position as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which is really really cool. Something we didn't touch on that I know a lot of people have questions on mm-hmm. is leverage trading. If someone hasn't heard okay. of that, can you explain what it is? Yeah, leverage trading is is quite simple. It's instead of using your capital, you're borrowing from the exchange, I guess you could say. So, you know, everyone always talks about a multiple. So you can have 1x, it was obviously the same as spot, but you can have like 5, 10, 20, some places even offer 100x. So that basically means like, for for example, in those situations for every $1 that you are you have in your account, you can effectively utilize it as, as let's say $20 if it's 20x um, with the caveat that you're paying interest and premiums. And there's certain ratios that your account needs to be funded before the exchange will, I guess, 
essentially margin call you for having too much more loan than capital, if that makes any sense. It's a bit it's a bit less uh, newbie friendly and generally where a lot of things unravel for most people once they go down that route, but um, definitely interesting and, and necessary to talk about. Yeah, definitely. And that one is one that you can't do on SwiftX at the moment, but there are certainly other exchanges. And I think like the way that, that my brain comprehends that is kind of like going to my mate and asking them, can I have 20 extra dollars of yours for my one? And I'll put it yep. on this trade because I think it's going to go really well. The downside of that is, of course, if it goes the wrong way, then I owe him that $20 yep. that I've borrowed off him as well. Plus maybe some fees because I took his 20 bucks in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. We spoke about at the start that, you know, some of these strategies are going to require more involvement than others. What are some of the other, I guess, risks or downsides of day trading, just so people are aware? Yeah, I think it's all personal risk. So it all comes down to you and self-discipline is my honest takeaway it all comes down to if you've had a rough day at work and you know you're coming home to try and be sharp and follow your plan to a t are you really going to be able to do that 100 percent of the time because once again you can do all of the back testing uh you like and understand your plan inside and out but there's that one or two days that you just come in and you're just not thinking clearly you are unfortunately the biggest risk Uh let's let's call it there and also just lack of accountability so you know if you're doing these trades and you know you're just putting them on, you're not calculating your risk properly. Like that's the biggest cardinal sin, to be honest. You know, you're just getting in because, oh, it's close enough. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's fine. It'll get there. And then you're having to take constant, constant losses. It's harder and harder to stay afloat because you do have to think of it almost as a business. You can't just keep burning capital and then, you know, securing a win every now and then. You, you really have to hold yourself to uh, look in the mirror and say, you know, was I doing it in a way that was in my own best interest or was I just bored? That is honestly like what most people find themselves in that predicament. It is almost like going to the gym. You've got to build that discipline. And it's just about calling it out for for exactly that. So that's where the whole strategy and system really needs to be something that you want to do. So it keeps you engaged, keeps you accountable. Uh, You know, journaling is like a big thing that people uh, won't do, but should do. It's like getting up every morning and making your bed. Like it's just, it's good practice to hold yourself accountable and you can go back and review what you have and haven't done. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think as well, like it, it is that thing where, you know, some people will see better returns or talk about great returns from a trading bot. And you almost need to treat yourself like a machine here in that you have yep. these rules that you do not break. Because the other flip side is when things are going really well, and you're like, oh, if I just hang on that little bit longer, maybe I'll make some more. You know, that greed as well can push you to do some some decisions that then you're moving into gambling. For lack of a better word, you're breaking away from those strategies that you've implemented yourself and you're just hoping that things are going to play out for you. And that's why I guess when we really see a lot of people run into trouble. Yeah, a bit of opium never never helps. But yeah, that's exactly your point. You're it's about identifying where there's opportunity and seizing that opportunity. Like you're always going to leave some profit that should have been still left open. And you're also going to have some trades you're like, I wish I never took that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you just have to be robotic almost and just really take all emotion out of it, unfortunately, um, and just accept a win for a win and a loss for a loss. And that's just, that's it. Once once you're there, you're there. Yeah, definitely. I think this is really good as a high level. Like, of course, guys, if you do want to dive more into this, there are some epic articles on the Learn platform that go into this in a little bit more detail. But of course, if there's anything else you want us to cover, always feel free, reach out on socials, let us know. Have Do you have any other words of wisdom for anyone wanting to get into this space a little bit more? I would say it's super interesting. Like it's not something you're going to pick up quickly or maybe you might. Just be, I guess, mindful of your own time. 
like don't stay up too late in the zombie for the rest of the week. It, it's something that's you know should add a bit of spice to your life. It shouldn't you know be a, a massive detractor from you know your personal relationships and other personal responsibilities that you have in your life. But um, yeah, I would say market conditions like right now, a lot of people are sort of scared to even have anything to do with something like crypto. But I know for me personally, like two years ago, like these sort of conditions is where I started. And it was, you know, the best place to start in a sense, because it was so quiet. And you had plenty of time to sort of soak it in and see things play out. Because, you know, anyone who did see, you know, late 2020 and started 2021, things, they can step up quite a lot. And, you know, we can get that huge break in volatility, especially in the crypto market. So you kind of want to be there, ready to take advantage of it, I guess I could say. Just want to be prepared, I think is the only thing I would say there. And, you know, you, you want to work out quite quickly if daily trading isn't for you either. It might be part of your strategy. Like I know personally, I have a more of a long-term outlook, but I do 100% do day trading when when I'm in the mood. But I'd sort of have realized what, what the mood means for me. And it's usually when the kids haven't kept me up until 3 a.m. the night before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just about working in what works for you and not trying to work too hard for the market. Yeah. And I think that timing piece is such an important one to touch on as well. Like even just from a macro level, think about the people who are playing in the market right now. You know, that yep. volatility that comes with crypto often comes with new investors, new uneducated investors that are just trying to find the latest meme coin or something like that. And we have seen so much of that drop off. So it is a really good time where things can be a little more predictable and less volatile than they have been in the past as well, which is is a good place for hmm. me. Yeah. And I think it's just super interesting just to just check out some strategies out there. There's some wild ones. Like there's one that's uh, based on the cycles of the moon. That's that's a good uh, one. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moon, moon phases. And what's some other wacky ones? Well, I knew someone that used to just used to trade times of the day. Like they would buy at 7.05 and sell at 8.05. And that was their strategy. And it, all you have to do is go back, see if that's successful and then replicate it. Like it sounds mental, but there's no limit to this. It just comes down to your creativity to some degree, but you also want to add some rhyme or reason. Um, (laughs) Maybe not the moon or time of day, but hey, look, at some point, I'm sure it has worked for someone. Yes, that's it. At some point, right? So, And it's probably it. more, coming back to our previous points, more about those rules that they've got in place that they would Correct. do at that exact time. And so, you know, exactly. it's, it's not the universe conspiring that 805 is a great time to train. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. I love this. Amazing. Well, Pav, thank you so much for jumping on with us today and breaking this down a little bit. And we will, of course, hear from you very shortly on Crypto Catch-Ups. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon.